give Lee a hand real quick. She was super nervous about coming up here and doing this. We, uh, at Generations, we, we talk a lot about, hey, we want to help you find your ministry fit. This is an all-skate. This is a place where you can participate and not just consume. And so this is Lee's first time up here hosting, and so I was so excited uh, that she was able to do that and willing to step into that. And so she did an incredible job. Thank you. Lee, if we haven't met, my name is Kyle. I'm the lead pastor here at Generations. And on this last Sunday of 2019, if you can believe it, I mean, it's, it's crazy to think that in a few short days, we will start not only a new year, but a whole new decade. The 20s are back. <laughs> so so are, are you all ready for those 20s to be back? No, it's at that's the 1920s, but our 2020s is finally here. We say at Generations, we are a community of people. We are everyday people committed to expanding God's family together because of Jesus for generations to come. And on this last Sunday in 2019, what I want to do this morning is just look at how God has worked in and through Generations Church. And I want to take a peek at what 2020 might hold for us. And if you see in our text this morning, what I love about what Paul sets up is he says we were all once alienated from Jesus. And as he's writing this letter to this church in Colossae, what he says to them is he remembers that this is a church, people who have said yes to Jesus, they're trying to follow Jesus. And at the end of this hymn, near the end of this first chapter in Colossians, well, Paul reminds them, As he says, hey, you're all gathered together. You're all trying to follow Jesus well. But let's remember and let's look back at where you once were. And what he also does is he calls them to where, to remember what Christ has done. And he directs them at what is coming and look forward. And so today we're going to follow some of that same pattern. And so I want to take us on a journey through this past year. But as I said in Colossians here, what I love is what it says, you were alienated and hostile in your minds, expressed in your evil actions. He reminds this community of people who are gathered together trying to follow Jesus well, that our commonality isn't just in that they are trying to follow Jesus well, but in that we all have a past, we all have sin in our lives, that we weren't just hostile towards God in our actions and our behaviors. And sometimes we get caught up uh, as followers of Jesus and just look at, we want to look at all the exterior and all these do's and don'ts and you're not a follower of Jesus or I wasn't a follower of Jesus because I, I did all these actions. But what Paul reminds this church is that it's, it's in their mind. And he uses mind here to talk about just their status of their heart, of their soul. See, sin isn't just outward action. It's not just what you do or what you don't do. Sin, at its core, is internal rebellion against God that manifests itself in our action. It's doing things our way, selfishly, rather than submitting to God's will and God's way. And he says we've alienated ourselves from God when we sin, and in particular, this Colossian community, he points them back and he says, this is where you were. 
You were alienated and hostile. You were separate from God. Not just because of your actions, but because of the status of your mind and your heart. And we have to be able to look at our own selves and remember where we were before. And though we're not perfect now, my hope is that as a church we are continually looking towards Jesus and becoming like him in our character and priorities. And that we're not alienated anymore because of Jesus. And that's what Paul says in verse 22. He says, but now he has reconciled you by his physical body through his death to present you holy, faultless, and blameless before him. And that's the hope. No matter where you come from, no matter what you've done, no matter how bad you think you were or how good you think you are now, the hope that we have of walking with God, of being united with God, comes through Jesus and his death and his resurrection. And so we go from being alienated to being to remember that Christ has died for us. He paid the penalty that we owed. And then also what Paul does is he gives this kind of little caveat, this little if. He says, if you remain grounded and steadfast in the faith and are not shifted away from the hope of the gospel that you heard. He gives them a level of responsibility in this. See, it's, it's one thing for us to say, yes, I was a sinner. I was someone who was far from God. And again, we're still not perfect. But it's someone who is trying to cling to Christ's righteousness through his death and his resurrection. And so we go from who we were to who we're trying to live out our identity rooted in Christ. And then Paul says, but remain steadfast. See, the temptation, I think, is for us to get on autopilot or in cruise control. Is to say, yes, I wasn't who I always was, but now I'm trying to live for Jesus. And what happens is then we say, okay, I'm good now. I've trusted Christ. I can stick it on cruise control. And if you remember the analogy from before, our walk with Christ, when we try to stick it on cruise control, what will happen is it's like we're trying to be on cruise when we're in a city full of stoplights. It just doesn't work. We have to consciously and actively choose to follow Jesus. And that's where Paul says, remain grounded and steadfast. These are building words. These are words that, for, for this metaphor is for Paul to say, remain steadfast. Build your life consciously on Jesus. Not just on all the good things you've done, but, but build your life consciously on, hey, you were once a sinner, but now you've trusted in Jesus. So actively choose this again and again and again and maintain your faith, so that you're not shifted away from the hope of the gospel. And these verses are a little bit of a transition, just as we're in a transition Sunday going from 2019, looking forward to 2020. Because what Paul is going to do in the rest of his letter, is he's going to address false teaching in this philosophy of this world that says, yes, you've trusted in Jesus, but let's add on a little more. And Paul's going to get into some specifics. 
And so Paul, coming out of this beautiful Christ hymn, if you remember from the past couple weeks, he is the image of the invisible God. For everything was created for him and by him in heaven and on earth. He is before all things. For God was pleased to have all of his fullness dwell in him. Remembering this about Jesus is essential to remaining steadfast and focused as we live a life on purpose and proximate to people who maybe believe different things than we do. Remember, think things differently, who their behaviors and actions aren't exactly what we would call maybe even good. And so Paul gives them a responsibility to remain steadfast. And then he, interestingly enough, at this last verse, he says, and I, Paul, have become a servant of it. And this is Paul's way of saying, hey, I'm in. Are you? Are you in for remaining steadfast and faithful and not being shifted away? I've joined my life to the hope of the gospel. This is Paul's way of saying, I want you to join with me. So what does this mean? So for those of you who aren't followers of Jesus in the world, our first kind of meaning out of this is we want you to trust and follow Jesus. We want you to take a step and begin to journey with us so that you can go from alienation and hostility to God to being God's friend. And even more than that, being God's family, becoming part of his forever family and joining with us here at Generations Church. And so for those of you who have been journeying for a while, who've been exploring things of faith, who've been saying, okay, I'm getting more and a better understanding of Jesus. What we want you to do is to take that next step. Next week, we're having Baptism Sunday, and that's a perfect way for you to say yes to Jesus. All right, I've been listening. I've been learning. I've been meeting people who have gone from friends and have becoming like family. I'm in. Let's do this. That's a perfect next step for you. And for those of you who have said yes to following Jesus, the simple question or the simple challenge where I think we see in this is where Paul goes, he says, hey, remain steadfast and grounded and say, I'm in. And so here's the challenge. For those of you who have said yes to Jesus, are you serving the gospel of Jesus? Would you agree that you are a servant and you are working to advance the will and the way of Jesus so that others come to know the hope of the gospel that you yourself have heard. I said we're, we're going to go on a little bit of a journey and recap this morning. But the foundation is that. Is that's the whole goal. As we say, we are everyday people committed to expanding God's family together because of Jesus for generations to come. And it comes from even just texts like this of people who are far from God saying yes to following God, remaining faithful to Him, and then extending that opportunity to come to know the hope of the gospel, to to say yes to Jesus, and to remain faithful throughout their life. It's it's going from someone who's engaging with Jesus to embodying, adopting that character and priorities, and then extending that to others. That's the simple pathway. Engage, embody, and extend. So that 
the family of God has expanded. Why? Because of Jesus for generations to come. And you have people in your life who in their present state, whether through action or through mindset, because they're not joined with Jesus, stand as alienated and hostile to God. And we want them to go from strangers and alienation to friends and ultimately to family. That's what we're about here at Generation. We want to see God's family expand. And it starts from individual believers recognizing that they were once alienated to God to then trust and the hope of the gospel that Jesus did come and live, died on the cross and was resurrected. And then continue to remind themselves that that's why they live, that's who they are. That that's why they're joined to. And then extend that to others. And I say those three in those ways, the engagement, the embody, and the extend. Because that's how we started this year. When we started in January of 2019, there was only a few of us. There were a few of us. It was about 10 of us that gather together twice a month. And when I say a few, I mean like 10. 10 of us who, when Ruth and I started after a fall of casting vision for Generations Church, after saying, hey, this is who we want to be, this is what we want to do. We started to gather a group of people twice a month on Sunday evenings in our home and saying, what does it look like to expand God's family? What does it look like to invite people to engage with us, to adopt the character and priorities of Jesus, and then offer that opportunity to others? And so in January, twice a month, started with 10 people. And we would keep meeting and keep talking and we would keep praying. We'd gather to understand the vision and the values. Values that you have all heard, whether it's been spirit over self, progress over perfection, give over get, story over sin, or send over stay. And if those are the first time of you hearing those, well, we're going to continue to talk more about that as we come here. We, we want you to understand that. And the way that they are framed is to help you make daily decisions in your followership of Jesus so that God's family is expanded. And that's why they're framed as over. Because life is often about choices. And when we put the Spirit of God and His will over what we selfishly may want, or we put give over get, or remember that following Jesus' is a lifelong journey, so progress over perfection. Those are the values that have shaped Generations Church from the start, that are filtered through His Word, through verses even like this that remember where we were, what our righteousness is in Christ, and where we are going. And so we continue to meet and pray and invite people to join the team. And in March, we were able to serve at a Generosity Feeds event as a supplemental part with Columbia Christian Church. And that was an opportunity to practice some of our values, give over get. And during that time, we prayed about what would it look like to do an Easter service for Generations Church? And I don't know if you remember this part of the story, those of you who were in the early days, when we were praying and saying, God, what do you want for us? What do you want for this church? How are, what's the direction we're going? 
we were looking for a space to hold an Easter worship service. And we were told no nine times by different venues. No, you can't meet here. No, we don't have space for you. No, this isn't going to work out. And we continue to pray and seek God as a small community of people. And what happened is that turned into an opportunity to do a community event, a party in the park right up here on Mount Vista. And so then that brings us to April. And then in April, when we did that Easter event, we saw over 100 people come out for a free Easter egg hunt where we were able to just connect with people and say, we want to be a church that lives out, give over again. We want to add value. We just want to simply introduce you to the person of Jesus. And so for that and with that, we're going to look to just be a blessing. And we saw that come into fruition. And what's amazing is immediately after that event, I got a call. We changed plans. We did a free event. And it was Gary, the post commander for the American Legion. And he said, hey, Kyle, I've heard about you guys uh, just doing some good stuff in the community. I've heard about your Easter egg hunt. I've heard about your gen feeds. I heard even about the prior fall, you guys doing 20 baskets, Thanksgiving baskets of food for the community. Would you like to come in and talk? And I got to be honest, at that time, I'm like, oh my goodness, like, I know what the rent is for this place. Like, what's he going to say? Is he going to like charge us a little bit more or, or something like that? And I got to meet Gary for the first time. And what he said is, Kyle, because of the work that your small church is already doing, and we believe in you guys. And again, this is the first time meeting Gary. This is God's providence at work. Gary says, I'm willing to rent you unlimited time on Sunday for 100 bucks a week. Now, that's unheard of in this area, if you know anything about rental prices. And he said, hey, Kyle, I'm going to put this offer on the table as well. If you guys would be willing to paint the interior of the building and redo the ceiling tiles, I'll let you go rent-free for a year. You best believe we were painting and doing, and doing some ceiling tiles. <laughs> but, but, but here's the thing. It's as a small startup church trying to figure out what God has for us and where he was calling us so that we could see more people be a part of God's family. He provided us with an opportunity to invest in a local facility to care for the legion. Because if you were in here before the ceiling tiles were done, before this thing was painted, just going to be straight up, it was yellow, and it was nicotine covered. And some of you remember those, that smell. But what's amazing is when a group of people are faithful to what God puts in front of them to watch opportunities get presented so that they can just simply love people and watch what God does. Now remember, I'm only in April. A few weeks later, we had the opportunity to serve our community once again. In May, we were able to serve at the Hazel Dell Parade of Bands. And some of you were there waving signs and, and passing out different things. And if you remember, when we served that parade, they, they just needed some volunteers. They were struggling, and what was amazing is we showed up that morning to serve for the parade with our, our small group of, of people. And the other volunteers that they had recruited for this event didn't show up. In fact, one guy showed up and said, hey, I can't stay. The group I was supposed to bring, uh, we're, we're out. And they turned and looked at us and said, hey, can we move you to different positions and put you different around? 
And after that event, I got an email from the parade coordinators and from the volunteer coordinator that said, hey, Kyle, I just want you guys to know that Generations Church, you guys were the rock stars of the parade. Without you and your volunteers, we would have not been able to line up or to make it happen. So because a small group of people were willing to show up and serve, there are people that we were able to connect with and serve that now knows the name of Generations Church. And remember, the goal is not to just expand the name Generations, but the goal is that Generations to come know the name of the Lord Jesus. And sometimes it starts with a connection with people and a church. And so in June, Ruth and I went back for a stint of fundraising because, again, this startup church, is we have to rely on outside financials to help continue to generate ministry. And I'm going to share some really great news and prayer and just answers to prayer uh, after end of this timeline. But we went back and we had more churches jump on board. A couple churches jumped on for $100,000 over the span of three years to invest in what God is doing here in Generations Church. And then we had our first Sunday gathering in July. And that first kind of preview service Sunday gathering in July started with 35 people not knowing what the heck we were doing and how we were going to set up. And we did it because of God's favor and blessing. And then we continued to invest through Party in the Parks. And then in August, we had a, another Party in the Park. And we had over 100, almost 100 people at that Party in the Park. Just free event to be a blessing to our community. And then as we prepared to gather weekly like this, we pulled off another Generosity Feeds event where we packed over 200 people in this space to, feed, to pack 10,000 meals for kids in our community. And we sent out mailers and advertisements to all that. And one of the cool things about what God did is when I showed up to meet with the president of the Clark County Food Bank, he had one of our mailers in his hand and he said, Kyle, I've never seen a church be this impactful in a community. We want to partner with you in the future. This is before we've even had a weekly Sunday gathering that God is at work in our community. And I don't know what he's going to do with that relationship. That gentleman in particular hasn't ever come to a Sunday gathering. But he knows there's a church right here in kind of the Salmon Creek, Hazeltel, Ridgefield area that is being purposeful about their faith and their followership of Jesus. Because we want to see more people be part of God's family. And we care just as much about what happens Monday Saturday as we do when we gather and we celebrate what happens on Sunday. And so October we started these weekly gatherings. We celebrated as we had two baptisms. Which we praise God for that. And so then in November as we think about some of the outreach that we just came off doing, 25 baskets for food, we fed over 100 people on Thanksgiving Day down at the Navigation Center volunteering. And 60 people at the end of November called Generations Church their church. So if you think back with me, from the start of January 2019, 10 people, to now where 60 people say, this is my church. This is where I go. And not only that, through Sunday gatherings and through some of the other events that we've done, we've had over 100 people have some relationship, physically show up to something of Generations 
this fault. That's excluding the 60 people. So there are 160 people since the start, at minimum, since January who have gone, man, God's at work here, and it's worth me showing up and seeing what God is doing. So there's just a couple other crazy statistics, and this is, this is just uncommon. Even though we've only been meeting weekly and gathering since October, there have, there's already been $25,000 given towards ministry at Generations Church this year, which is absolutely incredible, which outpaced the projection by at least $7,000. We've been able to help six families with financial needs so far this year, whether it's with bills or just helps, through your generosity. I already mentioned the 25 bags for a school, the feeding the 100 uh, plus people down at the navigation center. And I attribute attribute that back to people rallying around Jesus. I mean, just one of the other crazy things is that's kind of unseen is if you look at the demographics of our church community, we have over six different ethnicities represented. That's very uncommon. And we want to see that continue to grow, expand. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Because here, here, here's the thing. is God's family is beautiful and it's diverse. And we all come from different stories and from different backgrounds. But we all get to be a part of one family. And it just, just to speak to some of what God is doing is I met and some of you met him a couple weeks ago, Stan, when he came in. Stan, uh, I asked him if I could tell his story a little bit. He said, yeah. He said he'd gone to a couple churches before, considered checking it out, but this Stan is homeless. Um, and when he came to Generations, he says, this has never happened to me before. He says, every single person that I met looked me in the eye. They didn't make a comment about how I smelled. And they invited me for some food and for some coffee. And so my hope is that that pattern continues. That Generations Church is a place where no matter how someone looks, how someone smells, how someone prior experience, that as we gather and as we go live out our faith every single day, we see people for who they are and who God sees them and how He loves them. We be a people who says, yeah, we, are, we were alienated and hostile to God. And because of Jesus, he invited us and welcomed us into his family. You want to be part of that family with us. And so I'm excited to stay and to share about what potentially could be in January, in, beginning in 2020. And again, I'm not going to get all kind of details and, and all kinds of things like that. But here's my question. What could happen if the people of God expanded the family of God every day? It started with 10, and now we know that group has grown. And so I ask that question, and I give you this question to write down and ask personally. God, how do you want to use me? in 2020. So here's what I know, is every great revival in history started with a small group of people who were willing to ask God and pray to God intentionally to get on their knees and say, God, do it again. 
work. Move in people's lives. Help them go from hostility to family. Help them go from alienation to friendship. And I just want to throw that out there and say, God, how do you want to use me in 2020? Would you ask that question and pray that prayer and just simply beg God? Do it again. This is the only region in the entire country that has never undergone some sort of great awakening. Great awakenings happen every couple hundred years because a small group of people pray to God and say, God, would you work? Would you move? The first great awakening swept through the east and kind of down through the south. The second great awakening took, took some of those remnants and took it clear across the south and even to the west. And then later there was what was called this Azusa Street Revival that took it from the California and the southern part of the west and kind of swept it back east. But there's never been a revival. There's never been a renewal where people and droves are saying yes to Jesus. Where churches are just growing and swelling because people are on mission and are living for Jesus. I want to see that happen in our region. My prayer is simply this. Do it again. And how God wants to do it again is through people people who take their faith seriously, who remain steadfast and say, God, amen. God has already answered where you're supposed to be because the fact that you're either sitting in this room or you're in the right job or you're in the right situation, that is where you are supposed to be. The why is Jesus. The what is to so the biblically is make disciples that make disciples. And we say that, expand the family of God. The question is how. So I would invite you to sit on that in your soul. Some of you, I've said that and you're like, I instantly know how God's going to use me. This is what I'm going to do. You're on fire. You're ready to go. Some of you, that's a little bit of a tougher question. And as you pray and plan, maybe through your resolutions or your goals for 2020, that in some aspect you make that a part of your planning for 2020. God, how do you want to use me? And if you're still not sure, let me get very, very practical. Write work. Write like hobbies. Write home. And then write generation. And I don't want you to put just an activity or something to do beside each of those. I want you to put a person, a person you work with, a person you share a like activity with that you know, a person in your home or in your neighborhood, and lastly, maybe even a person here at Generations. And how does God want to use you in the life of that person? And so maybe you need to grab a coffee Maybe you just need to start with prayer. But if every single person in this room went to God in prayer over the people they write down or the ministry that God has sat in their soul, that he's fired you up with, that he's given you clarity about this morning, 
we will see God's family expanded. We will see someone in your life, and you will get the joy of seeing go for, someone go from disengaged to engaged, from engaged to embodying the character and priorities of Jesus, to then maybe even that, that person extending Jesus to someone else. And we've already seen that in our church. Some of you in this room are here because someone extended that opportunity to you. And so my prayer for us as we look to 2020 is that we don't think about more activity or more events or more um, just ministry type activity. Because all that's going to come, all that's going to happen. But that we be a church and a place about people and seeing people be a part of God's family. Let's pray. God, I thank you for this group of people here this morning. Some of these people have been absolutely faithful to the calling you've placed on them. Some of these people in this room have gone just even these few months from someone who didn't know you to is now someone who is walking with you. God, and we praise you for that. We praise you for how you've worked this year. God, I, I pray that Generations Church be filled with people who want to see other people get connected to Father, stir in us a heart and a conviction and a passion for that. Father, do it again. Work in this, not just this country, but work in this region. Father, we just want to see an outpouring of your Holy Spirit for revival, for renewal, that awaken people's hearts to your glory and your goodness. God, do it again. Thank you for Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. We're going to move into a time of response right now. Feel free to get up and move about the room.